This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Gallup has been conducting polls since the early 80s, and the question they've been asking, or one of the questions they've been asking, says this. Which of the following statements comes closest to your views on the origin and development of human beings? First, or choice number one, human beings have evolved over millions of years from other forms of life, and God guided this process. Number two, human beings have evolved over millions of years from other forms of life, but God had no part in this process. Or number three, God created human beings in their present form at one time within the last 10,000 years. Now, the the responses that they've gotten about this have not changed too much. Long-term trends in evolution acceptance showing little change in the 30 years since Gallup started this. The National Science Board uh, conducted surveys. Around 44% have consistently endorsed the last option, which is uh, that humans were created uh, based on the biblical record uh, within the last six to 10,000 years. Uh, 37% take the middle option which is uh, includes intelligent design or other forms of old earth creationism or theistic evolution, and 12% back a non-theistic evolutionary account. That is, uh, evolution happened with no involvement of God. And uh, there has not been a tremendous change. But this is an important question, especially for Christians to consider. My guest today is Mike Riddle. Mike Riddle grew up in a non-Christian home. He is currently the president of CTI. It's the Creation Training Initiative and Education Specialist. He is an international speaker. He's an educator on Christian education and apologetics. He is an adjunct speaker for Answers in Genesis. He holds degrees in mathematics and a graduate degree in education. He's been involved in creation ministry for more than 30 years. And prior to getting involved in creation ministry, he was a captain in the U.S. Marines and a national champion in track and field. Mike, I just wanted to say thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's, it's always great to come to sunny, sunny California here. That's right. And where are you coming from? We're coming from the Boise, Idaho area. Okay. What's the weather like back there right now? It's in the 50s and 40s. 50s. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cold. So yeah, we're, we're, uh, the weather out here is amazing, but we pay for it, you know? So uh, anyway, Mike, I wanted to ask you, um, I know you haven't always been a Christian. I thought we'd start off the show with just sharing your background about how you came to know the Lord, how you came to reject evolution, uh, how that all started. Can you give us some background? I sure can. Uh, I did. I grew up in a non-Christian family and also was an evolutionist uh, for my, most of my life back then. Now, was that when, when did you decide to become an evolutionist? When was that through? That uh, was probably in high school. In high school, okay. That's what I was taught in college. I bought a hook, line, and sinker because that's all I ever heard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also used to be an athlete. I'll just point that out. I used to be an athlete. Those words used to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still do my push-ups and jogging. That's what Marines do. But uh, one day I was in the gymnasium lifting weights. And you have to lift weights. You want to run faster and jump higher and throw things further. I was lifting weights that day. A man came up and sat down beside me. And for the first time in my life, somebody presented the gospel to me. Now, this guy just out of the blue, he just decided, hey, I'm going to walk up and talk to this guy. Right. 
and uh, I was almost twice the size. <laughs> and then he asked me some questions, and I answered all his questions wrong and ignored everything he had to tell me because I had no room in my life for God then. Like, give me an, give me an idea of uh, what, what kind of a question uh, did he ask you? Some of the qu- qu- type of questions we're familiar with today. If you die tonight you know for sure where you would go. Uh-huh. And I just didn't think about things like that, and I didn't care. Yeah. Things were going well for me. Were you annoyed that this guy came up to you in the no, gym? No, I was, I was what you call a nice, happy heathen. Okay, gotcha. Uh huh. So um, I walked away from there, and but seven years later after that, I was on a business trip. I was in computers at the time. Went to Indianapolis, got done work late one evening, got back to the hotel room, got in bed, as I lie there in bed that night, I finally understood the message that man gave me. Now, what, what, what caused that breakthrough for you? It had to be the Holy Spirit because he's the only person to ever witness to me. Wow. That's the night I got out of bed and got on my knees and professed my life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I was just overwhelmed that I was a sinner. So seven years passed, and you still remembered that conversation. Yeah. The seven years is called a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> but after I... Uh, got done professing Jesus Christ. I got back in bed and I still couldn't go to sleep. I had a strong desire to teach the book of Genesis, which I had never even read yet. Well, now th- this is so interesting to me. I mean, it's encouraging to me, honestly, because, you know, I go down to the beach, uh, every month and we, we share the gospel with people. And some people, you know, they just totally are like, Hey, I'm not interested at all. And yet here you are, this is a conversation that, that has stuck with you for seven years. And you grew up in a non-Christian family and, there, there in that hotel room, that, that conversation came back to you, and you had this desire to, to know the Lord. Yes. So I, as I started reading the book of Genesis, Genesis 1, I thought to myself, if I can't believe what's in this chapter, there's no reason to read the rest of the Bible. Now, now did you pull a, a Gideon Bible like out of That's the— That's exactly right. <laughs> pulled it right out and started reading it. Yeah. And uh, so I decided I have the opportunity to travel all over this country in the job I was in, computers— and I would stop, stop to talk to the scientists and professors who believe in evolution. I'd ask them basic questions. And I found a pattern to their answers. They had a lot of wonderful stories, but not one of them could really directly answer my questions. It was always, well, could be this or that. But none of them could produce any observable evidence. So I thought to myself, here's these people that tower above me in intelligence in their subject area. Yeah. But they can't answer those questions. So why should I believe in evolutionism? Because when I turned to the Bible, I was started. I actually started finding answers, mm. real answers. I found something else that evolution can never offer you. That is hope for my life. For the first time in my life, I had hope. Now, it didn't stop there. Uh, several years ago, my wife and I were on a six-week speaking tour throughout the southeastern states. Six weeks were on the road. Every day, yeah. one or more churches or schools. We stopped in one place in Jacksonville, Florida. That night, we were staying with the pastor. And after we got there, I sat across from this pastor, and we began talking about the Bible, and we talked about creation. Then we started talking about some other things we had done in our past, and we found out we had both been to the United States Marine Corps. Once you find that out, you have an instant bond. Yeah. So I began to reminisce a little bit where we were stationed. found out we had both been stationed at Quantico, Virginia, a large Marine Corps training base. We talked there for a little bit. Then we found out we had both been stationed at Yuma, Arizona, a small Marine Corps air missile base. So we talked about that for a little bit. All of a sudden, he stopped talking. And he sat back in his chair and he looked right at me and he said this, I remember you. You remember me? 27 years ago in a gymnasium, I gave you the gospel presentation. God brought us back together again. See, that man did what he was supposed to do, yeah. and what all Christians are really commanded to do. 
Go out and give the truth. And don't worry about changing anybody's lives. We can't do that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. But we can't give that truth if we don't know it. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't get to see the fruit of our labors. We don't get to see the, that, uh, you know, but here this gentleman uh, got to see, uh, oh, my gosh, here it is. That, the seeds that were planted had an impact, changed your life. And here you are uh, traveling the world, speaking and teaching people about Jesus Christ. That man had the courage to come up and give me the truth. And that's the difference that, in my life. That's bold. That's bold. He just walked up to you in the gym and did that. Yes. Uh, that's so encouraging to me, and I hope for everybody out there who's listening, that's encouraging to you. You never know what God is going to do with your faithfulness. We have to, and, and this is why that trust is so important, to allow God to work. Um, even on the people who we think, hey, they just flat out rejected what I had to say. That's not our, that's not our deal. God, right. God's working on a person's heart. Because right, that's what I did. I just rejected it. But you know, God may have us as just one person in ten. He's lined up to yeah. talk to somebody yeah. before they bow their knee. Yeah. But he was the only one that shared the gospel with you. Wow, that's incredible. Well, you're on Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on 12, 10 a.m. K-Praise in San Diego every Saturday, 2 to 3 p.m. And you can stream the show at kprz.com all over the world. My website's Educate for Life. My guest this evening is Mike Riddle. And Mike is the founder founder of uh, the Creation Training Initiative. And he has a unique ministry. Um, Really, I don't know of... Uh, I don't off the top of my head. I don't know of any ministries that do what you're doing, which is actually training up other people to be able to communicate the truth of creationism and the Bible. Um, uh, not just uh, teaching them, but teaching them to be teachers. That's right. Uh, we need to replicate ourselves. Uh, it's called biblical discipleship. Is we go out and train others how to speak and teach. So each church will have somebody there that can teach and communicate this idea, and for Christian school teachers, so they too can have. People teaching biblical creation and apologetics. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's only about five uh, percent of schools in the nation that are Christian schools. So, ninety percent of kids go to go to public schools. Five percent, and then you were telling me that pro- approximately five percent of those Christian that that five percent of five percent of Christian schools actually know how to effectively teach creationism. Right, the creation or even apologetics, how to defend your faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we come back, Mike Riddle is my guest. We're going to continue this discussion, and you're going to have the opportunity to become an expert on defending the truth of biblical creation. Stay with us. You're on Educate for Life Radio. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on 12, 10 a.m. K-Praise in San Diego every Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m. And you can get recordings of this show on my website, educateforlife.org. My guest today is... An expert in creation science, creationism, Mike Riddle. His website is creationtraining.org. And every year he holds uh, uh, basically a, a, an academy to teach people how to uh, – a very intensive training on how to argue for the truth of the biblical account in Genesis and against evolution. Currently, the percentage of Americans who believe humans evolved over time, but with God's help – fell from 38% in 1982 to 31% today. The Catholic Church has more or less embraced Charles Darwin since 1950 uh, when Pope Pius said there was no friction between evolution and Catholic doctrine. My question for you, Mike, is uh, when you became a Christian, you rejected evolution also. Um, what's, what's the problem uh, with, with holding on to evolution, becoming a theistic evolutionist? What's the big deal? Well, there's two major problems there, one is the Bible. One is called logic. Well, let's start with the Bible. When I became a, a Christian and a biblical creationist, um, my wife was a Christian at the time, but she didn't, she'd never gotten into this area and didn't think it mattered. So I asked her one question, and this is the question that really helped me also. Do you think death is the result of sin? And, and I said, think about this now. Is sin the cause of death in the Bible? She said, well, Sure. Well, then could there be any death before sin? And that changed her right there. Because once you believe in an evolution or a theistic evolution, meaning God used parts of evolution somewhere in there, you now allow for what we call millions and billions of years. So the question is, what was going on for those millions and billions of years before Adam and Eve and the fall? Well, the answer is the fossil record, which is a record of dead things. Mm. In other words, all that death, decay, and disease would have occurred before sin. Now, here's another problem. In Genesis 131, God has finished his six days of creation, and he pronounced it very good. So now we have death before sin, if you're believing in millions of years, or God used evolution. And now we have God calling death and decay and disease very good. So it not only affects the foundation of the gospel, it also affects the very character of God there. And those are the things that just woke me up right there. You cannot have the Bible and evolutionism. They don't go together. But then there's this good old thing called logic. And I ask people, do you like logic? I don't get a lot of hands right away. But then I explain, <laughs> logic is a characteristic of God. It comes from God. Now how many like logic? More hands go up. But in logic, we have laws. One of those is called the law of non-contradiction, which basically teaches two opposites. Both can't be true at the same time and place. So let's compare and contrast God's order for creation with what the evolutionists teach. In the Bible, it teaches God created the earth on what? Day 
one and the stars on day four. Mm-hmm. But the evolutionists teach the stars were here first, then came the earth. Those are opposite order. They don't work. In other words, right there teaches very clearly God did not use evolution in billions of years. Now, now there are a, a variety of different views on you know, how Genesis works. Can you break down those views for us? What are the different views, uh, perspectives? Well, some people will try and put long ages in there by saying the days of creation were long periods of time. Or they will say there was a large gap of time between the first two verses, and that's where they put the geologic time in the fossil record. Some people will say it was written in a poetic form in the Hebrew. And there's other forms there. Some people use anything they can to add in millions of years. But when you read the Bible, it's very clear. Number one, the language, in the Hebrew language, it is written in narrative, not poetic. And that's very clear. And you can understand that if you understand a little bit of the Hebrew What if language. somebody says to you, um, hey, we can't take the Bible literally? Uh, how do you respond to somebody who says that? Okay, if we can't take the Bible literally. Or at least not all parts of the Bible all literally, parts they say. Of the Bible. Then I'm going to ask them the question. Do you, do you take science as your uh, main authority? Over the Bible, because mm-hmm. a lot of people in the church are doing that now. Yeah. Then I'll say, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ physically died on that cross? And they'll say, yes. Do you believe he really rose again on the third day? They'll say yes, if they're going to church. Then I'm going to say, did you know, according to all known science, you cannot be dead for three days and come back to life? So do you really believe in the resurrection? Are you willing to go against known science and believe the resurrection? And they'll say yes. And right there, they show me they have contradictions they're living with. Mm. They will believe the resurrection even though it goes against known science, but they will not believe the creation that God created everything in six days because our scientists can't do it. In other words, they are now becoming a stumbling block for people accepting Jesus Christ because they're showing people and telling people you can pick and choose what you really want to believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But another part I like to point out is in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus believed in a young earth. In Mark 10, verse 6, Jesus makes this statement, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Jesus is telling us man and woman are on the planet from the beginning of the creation, not after millions of years. And also, if you believe in millions of years, we can throw out the Ten Commandments, too. There are now ten opinions, because in commandment number four, God wrote this down himself on the stone tablets. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven, the earth, and sea, and all that is in them. If the days of creation are not literal days in Genesis 1, then commandment number 4 doesn't mean what it literally states, and it's open to our interpretation. And if that's true, what about the other nine? But, but wouldn't somebody say, Mike, that uh, the word day can be used in different ways throughout the text, and so you can have in one place where it means an actual day, and in another place it, it means more of a general uh, time frame? Exactly. The, word, the Hebrew word for day is yom, Y-O-M. And it can have different meanings in the language. It can mean a portion of a day, a 24-hour period, some distant point in time, and other meanings. So here's the clue. How do we know what it means when we read it? It's called context. Mm. We look at the context where the word is used to drive the intended meaning. Not where it's used somewhere else, but where we're looking at right there. And in Genesis 1, first thing we note is there's a number with the word day in all six days. That actually occurs 410 times in the Old Testament. It is never taken to mean an old age. It always means a short period of time a day. Then God, Whenever has, there's a number there with it. Right, in the Old Testament, every time. Then we also have the phrase evening and morning with the word day. Everywhere in the Old Testament we see that it only means the day. So the context is very clear here. These were literal 24-hour type days. 
And that is one. Can I give them a, a college word here? Yeah, go for it. There's a college word we use called hermeneutics. That is the study of the written, uh, how we interpret written language. Yeah. It's a method of interpreting the Bible. And one of those methods is called context. Another part is the explicit rules over the implicit. There was something that's explicitly stated has more preference over something that might be implied. So something that's very clear yes. takes authority over something that is, le- is a right. little more vague. Implied. Yeah. Right. And in Genesis 1, God clearly used the word day, and he defined it. That is explicit. Nowhere in there do you see explicitly, anywhere in the Bible explicitly stated, millions of years of time. Yeah. So, now, how would, how would somebody like Hugh Ross respond to you, uh, you know, these statements you're ma- making? And he, he is a... Um, you know, Christian, and, and by the way, just to get your perspective, uh, do you think somebody that believes in evolution or believes in uh, an old earth is still, uh, you know, a Christian and still going to heaven? Or what do you, what is your view on that? Yes, you can still be a Christian and believe in millions of years, but mm-hmm. I think only for a very short time. Once you're taught, uh, you need to understand what the gospel is. We, we're familiar with John three sixteen for God sent his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. And then, but what about John three seventeen? says he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but he came here that the world might be saved. Now, here's the key question. The word saved, what does that mean? It means yeah. something's not right. So we have to find out why we need to be saved. That takes us back to Genesis. But if you don't believe Genesis is literal history, you don't have a foundation for the gospel. You really have a little bit of a different gospel now. Now, Dr. U. Ross, he, he's an astronomer. Yeah. He, uh, he actually takes cosmology, his area, and turns it into complete evolutionism. In other words, he starts with his understanding of the scientific evidence and places that over what the Bible clearly states. In other words, the Bible is not his authority in those areas. His authority is his understanding of the scientific evidence. Oh, no, I, yeah, okay, so so you're saying that um, his his axiom or his fundamental authority is something other than Scripture is what you're in saying. In that area. Yeah. I want to I explore that question a little bit. A little bit further. My guest today is Mike Riddle, and you are listening to Educate for Life Radio with Kevin Conover. I'm your host, and we're going to be right back and continue this discussion. It's an interesting discussion, and it's a very important discussion. And I'm going to get more information from Mike about why this is such a critical issue. Are we just being divisive? Are we just arguing over something that's not worth arguing over? Or is this an issue that's worth taking the time to really come to a good conclusion about? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all. 
Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 11. I'm sorry. Excuse me. We're on 1210 AM. That's my old radio station. We're on 1210 AM Praise in San Diego here every Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m. And you can stream the show at kprz.com all over the world. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far. My guest today is Mike Riddle. Mike is a, a creation science speaker. He's here in San Diego actually speaking out at the Creation Museum doing a gigantic training. And uh, he's got a very intensive uh, training that he does every year. Uh, you can find out more information at creationtraining.org. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your camp, what you do. And uh, what do you say, 10 hours a day? Yes. Uh, this will be one of the most intense classes you, you ever have attended. Uh, what we do is we only take 60 students in this class. We do it once a year because it does cost our ministry quite a bit of money to put it on. And we hold it at what I call one of the nicest Christian conference centers in the country, Ridgecrest Conference Center outside uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And we take from college students and above. Now, when you come to that class, you're going to be in class at least 10 hours a day. And then you're going to be studying at night. Well, why? Well, you don't just come to that class to listen. You have to demonstrate you can do this. Now, you're going to see the Marine Corps coming out of me right here. You have to do two five-minute or less presentations. I thought you were going to tell them they had to do push-ups or something. Uh, we do. <laughs> we actually have a push-up box in the back of the room outlined in red masking tape. Every minute you're late from break, I put that many fingers up, and you go visit that box. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we have record how, who's done the most all through the years. But um, you have to do two five-minute presentations. At one second over five minutes, I start taking points off. We're training you to honor time and be clear and concise. You do a three-minute defense presentation. You don't know what the topic's going to be, but you'll stand up in front of the class, and we'll throw the challenge at you. You have three minutes or less to respond. Then you take a written final exam, closed book, closed note. You know what our record is there? We have a 100% success rate. That's fantastic. I've learned to train for nothing less than success. And Christian education has got to be the best education in the world. We've got to be better than what they're doing in the public schools. And too often, we do the same practices they do. We just throw Bible at it. Uh-huh. But I only train for success. I don't tolerate failure in Christian education. That's why we have a 100% success rate. And I don't give away anything easy. The, everyone who's graduated from there has fully earned this. I love it. I love it. That's so great. And now this is for college and above. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. We do have other one-day courses for teens and above. For instance, a basic creation training to get you, well, enough knowledge so when you're in these biology classes at secular schools, you'll know when the truth is being taught, when it's not being taught. So parents, if you're, uh, if you're out there and you're, you're uh, considering, you know, your son or daughter, they're maybe a senior, they're heading off into college, you want to drop them. This is August 1st through the 6th in 2016. And uh, that's at Lifeway Ridgecrest Conference Center. Asheville, North Carolina. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's pick up the conversation where we left off. Uh, Pope Francis said uh, recently, this is from the Washington Post, when we read about creation in Genesis, we run the risk of imagining God was a magician with a magic wand able to do everything. But that is not so. He created human beings and let them develop according to the internal laws that he gave to each one so they would reach their fulfillment. He added, evolution in nature is not inconsistent with the notion of creation because evolution requires the creation of beings that evolve. Do you take any issue with that, Mike? I would take a lot of issue with that. Number one, I don't think he knows who God of the Bible is because the God of the Bible says nothing's impossible for him to do. If he can call this universe into existence out of nothing, what's the problem of him walking on water, raising the dead, healing the blind? 
There's no problem there. Even making a donkey speak, uh, there's no problem with that. He's the one who called it all into existence out of nothing. If he didn't do that, we wouldn't be here because there's no other explanation for how this universe got here. It doesn't start with the Big Bang because the Big Bang never really happened. It's, mm. it's very unscientific, the Big Bang. What's, give, me a, give me an idea. What, what's one of the things that's unscientific about the Big Bang? What's unscientific? Well, first of all, what caused it to explode? Where did it come from? And secondly, where did the stars come from? That's a big problem for the evolutionists. And I've read these textbooks. They say we get these great big gas and dust clouds out there that rotate around and around and around, begin to gravitation, collapse in, form a new star. I have a technical term for that process. It's called baloney. <laughs> Anybody who's taken Physics 101 knows stars will not form through naturalistic processes. Why? They do rotate around these clouds. They do begin to gravitation, collapse inward due to the rotation. But as they do so, they generate heat pressure. And this is something we can measure. Mm. The heat pressure is always stronger than the gravity and causes it to expand outwards. So the Big Bang cannot explain the stars. It cannot explain galaxies. And there's many other problems with it. With, what, with, what can it explain about galaxies? Where did they come from? Okay, so just how they all yes. came together. Where did they come from? You if, mean that the, the, the physical laws, the, the, the laws of physics that we know, don't give an explanation to how no. that could have happened? The, the origin of stars and galaxies by the evolution is, is 100% speculation. I love this one question. I train my students how to ask what I call a power question. Mm -hmm. Show me any observational evidence for evolution that does not require me to use faith. Oh, say that one more time. Show me any observational evidence for evolution that does not require me to use faith. Now, let's apply that to the star formation. Show me any observational evidence for how stars form that does not require me to use faith. Now, I, now I've heard, uh, Mike, this is just off the top of my head. I've heard people say, uh, we've seen stars form, meaning uh, they look out in outer space. They're looking through you know, a telescope, uh, one of the r real powerful telescopes, and they look out there and uh, they say, look, there, when we used to look out here, there was nothing there, and now there's a star there. Yes. So that is evidence, they'll say, of... You know, stars do form through naturalistic processes. Well, that's been thoroughly debunked now uh, through the evolutionist's own findings. So let's take the Horsehead Nebula, great big gas and dust cloud. Okay. Very thick. But what they discovered through infrared technology is there's really not that much gas there, and it's all expanding, not collapsing. What we're seeing there are stars that were already there, but now since it's, it's been expanding— now we can see in there much easier. Oh, interesting. So what's actually happening, it's more like a curtain being removed, exactly not a right. star forming. Right. Okay. Because huh. nobody will see a star form. If they did form, it, we're going to take tens of thousands, maybe millions of years for a star to form. So no one has ever seen one form. Mm. Okay. Huh. Very interesting. Now, again, I, I kind of want to come back to why this is so important. Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of people that might be listening who who – you know, are on the fence about this issue and they go, look, I just don't see that it makes that big of a difference. Um, I know Hugh Ross would say, would say, hey, uh, human death didn't start till after sin. Uh, there was other death and the Bible here isn't necessarily referring to uh, death other than human death when it says that uh, sin brought death into the world. It's only talking about human death. It's not talking about animal death. Animal death and some other subhuman death actually existed before Adam and Eve. Uh, how, how would you respond to something like that? And and if it's true, because you said to me that Hugh Ross can be a Christian, and you've got people like um, Francis Collins, who's a theistic evolutionist, and I've heard his interview, uh, you know, 
sounds very much like he is a, a Bible believing Christian, a very sincere. Um, why, why is this such a big deal? If, if people can still be saved and if, uh, you know, can you expand on that? Well, first of all, uh, you Ross, uh, his statements there, you won't find him in the Bible anywhere. I'm going to answer that. But Francis Collins is, was the part of what we call BioLogos organization. Mm-hmm. They are 100% evolutionist. And Francis Collins is too. He just invokes God wherever he needs him. But he adheres to the full evolutionary process there. But he would say, hey, Jesus is what really matters here. Not, not whether I believe in evolution or not. Jesus is what saves us. Not whether I believe in a young earth, an old earth, or evolution. And uh, Mike, I'm going to let you answer that question. My guest tonight is, uh, today actually, is Mike Riddle. And uh, he is an expert on creation science. Uh, he's been doing this for a, how long? 30 years? Over 30 years. Uh, over 30 years. And uh, we're going to answer this question. Why is this so important? Or, or is it just Jesus that matters? Or does my view on Genesis matter too? Stay with us. We'll be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that's who we are. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And we're on every Saturday, 2 to 3 p.m. You can stream this show all over the world at kprz.com. My website's educateforlife.org. And I've got all kinds of stuff on creation evolution on my website. Love to have you check it out. Love your feedback. Visit us on Facebook. Uh, and uh, just... Uh, appreciate any kind of um, feedback or love you can give us here. So my guest tonight is Mike Riddle. His website is creationtraining.org. And his ministry, what it does is prepares Christians to actually be able to do what he does, to go out and go back to their church and begin to teach classes on creationism, to be able to explain these uh, issues and uh, get down in the nitty gritty. Um, this was uh, Brian Alters. He is the president of the National Center for Science Education. He said this in 2006. He said, overall, the nation has a big problem. Approximately half of the U.S. population thinks evolution uh, does or did not occur. While 99.9% of scientists accept evolution, 40 to 50% of college students do not accept evolution and believe it to be just a theory. Uh, so he's saying this is a problem. He doesn't like this. He says, hey, look at all the scientists. They, 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 all don't, they believe in evolution, but yet around 50% of the American public does not accept evolution. And so, uh, Mike, I want to get back to Francis Collins and theistic evolution, but I'm also curious to hear 
hear your perspective on uh, is it is it really true that 99.9% of scientists believe in evolution? And uh, what does that mean for us as Christians? Are we just living in a in a fantasy here that's denying reality or what's going on? First of all, I'd like to know where he got that statistic, 99.9%. Because mm-hmm. I know an awful lot of PhD scientists who graduated from second universities that believe in creation, specifically a literal six-day creation about yeah. 6,000 years ago. So I think that's a made-up number. Okay. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know his source on that. But I would say that most uh, scientists do believe in some form of evolution. Now, how many are pure evolutionists discount God? I don't know if I I have those. I don't think I have those numbers. I don't know if anybody really does. Yeah. But um, here's the problem: if all they're getting taught at the universities and public public schools is evolution, and 50 percent of the people don't seem to believe in pure evolution, what that really tells you is they don't have a very credible story. Now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they don't have a good. I words, mean, that makes sense. The reality is, is that uh, intelligent design creationism is not allowed to be taught in mm-hmm. uh, public schools, and so it only makes sense that if this is all you get to hear, and you never get to hear the other side of the coin, you never get any cross examination. Well, of course, the people are going to grow up believing that. Uh, Michael Behe, I heard his statement was. Uh, He said, look, I went through high school, college, graduate school, on up uh, into being a professor. And it wasn't until I was a professor that I read uh, Michael Denton's book, Evolution of Theory and Crisis. And I finally was like, are you kidding me? There's all these problems with evolution, and I've never, ever heard this. One of my favorite things to do in evolution is the origin of life. I've done that for secular universities. I've done it for NASA scientists. It's a killer to the whole program of evolution. Mm-hmm. It means it cannot be a fact. It can't even be a theory. First of all, Darwin, Darwin doesn't have anything to stand on until you get the first cell. But we know, according to all known science, life will not start through naturalistic processes. Yeah. All the scientific evidence shows it can't happen. So where are the evolutionists there? Nothing but faith. Mm-hmm. The whole model of evolution starts right there with faith. So you, your argument, I mean, this whole idea that more scientists believe in evolution than not— well, it's just, you know, that doesn't prove anything. What we're looking no. at here is the evidence. Right. When we look at the evidence, it does not support evolutionism. That's why so many people graduating from college don't buy it. It doesn't make any scientific sense. Once you start looking at it, and here's where we have a problem. It's called critical thinking skills. We're, we try and teach it in some classes, but it's not allowed when we get to teaching evolutionism. They don't allow a critical analysis. I've got newspaper reports where school boards say we can't allow, not allow critical thinking on this. We mm-hmm. don't want to bring critical thinking into our students. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's almost as it's almost like a religion. It's kind of dogmatic. Yeah. Now, as far as um, Francis Collins is concerned, you are we're talking about theistic evolution. Uh, if he were to say, hey, Jesus is what really matters, um, I, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Genesis doesn't really matter. For all I know, Genesis 1 could be a poem. And I don't, I don't even really want to have a discussion about it. Uh, how would you respond to somebody that says, hey, Jesus is all that really matters? First of all, I'd say, amen, we should be preaching about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Second, I'd say, Second Peter three sixteen to 17 tells us all Scripture is God-breathed and all of it is good for teaching, not just some of it. So those people out there trying to say we shouldn't be teaching that are being disobedient to God's word. But yes, let's teach Jesus. Know know who the creator is? Jesus Christ. So if you want to preach Jesus, it starts in Genesis 1-1. He is the one who called it into existence. Mm, John 1-1, right? Even Genesis 1-1. But John 1-1 and several other places. Colossians 1-16 and 17. He's Uh the creator. How does the last book of the Bible start? 
the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the whole book is about him. Yeah. So if you want to preach Jesus, let's teach all of the Bible as history there. Yeah. Now, we know it's written in different genre. It, there's parables, there's figures of speech, but the Bible's meant to be taken literally where it's written that way. And Genesis is written as literal history. It's written in the narrative format. So, yes, uh, we should teach Jesus. Now, Francis Collins, where he goes wrong is he doesn't believe parts of the Bible. So where is he getting that from? His belief and trust in secular science. Mm. It's not even secular science. It's the interpretation of the scientific evidence, which he has given a higher authority in his life over God's word. That's a serious issue as a Christian. Yeah. Because what does that do to your witness to non-believers when you tell them, I want you to accept Jesus, but you don't have to believe all of his word? Mm. What does that do? What do you say to the person who's out there who's struggling, who's kind of like thinking like, well, yeah, but if I'm a Christian, uh, am I really any better than a Mormon if if I place the Bible over the authority of science, then, you know, Mormons do the same thing with their history. Uh, so, so what's to separate me from them? Well, Scripture, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, then Scripture has to be our authority in all matters. Mm. It's given us everything we need. Mm-hmm. Now, it is not at odds with science. Here's the problem. We too often equate evolutionism with science. Those are opposite things here. Evolutionism is not science. It is more of a faith, a belief system. And when we talk about science, the scientific evidence clearly supports what the Bible teaches and not evolutionism. For example, again, the origin of life. How did the first cell get here? Our best scientists in the world can't even create one single small biological protein, mm. let alone all the other parts like DNA, RNA, ribosomes, organelles. I just said all those words to get people excited. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> but we can't get that. Then when we look at dinosaurs, oh, they're a winner for creation. Yeah. Genesis 1-1 teaches dinosaurs and people lived at the same time. Job chapter 40 gives what we believe is a pretty good description of dinosaurs. You know what we're finding in these dinosaur bones today? Soft tissue. Yeah. We're finding proteins, red blood cells, even now some DNA. That can't last for millions and millions of years. And now we're even finding carbon-14 in the bones, which after about eighty to 100,000 years should be out of all these bones. Mm-hmm. And this is not due to contamination. All that scientific evidence, and that's observable evidence, repeatable evidence, clearly supports dinosaurs have only been dead for a maximum of a few thousand years. So your encouragement to somebody who's out there going, hey, uh, you know, I just... I've grown up learning about evolution. This this is what I thought was scientific is, hey, they need to look more into this. They can't just let it go at that. And there's plenty of resources out there. And let me give you another one. Carbon-14, that is a powerful tool for a young earth. Mm-hmm. I know it can't date rocks, but carbon-14, finding it in dinosaurs, finding it in all these other fossils, supposed to be millions of years old, finding it in coal and diamonds, yeah. supposed to be hundreds of millions of years old, is pretty good evidence. It's really not that old. That's fantastic. And Mike. We, My guest tonight is, uh, or today is Mike Riddle, and we're going to be right back. We have one more segment. We're going to continue talking about this, and I do think it's such a critical issue because um, the entire Bible stands on Genesis chapter 1. And so uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will the Gallup organization started asking the question in 1982 regarding what people believed about evolution and their origins. Uh, 44% in 1982 adhered to creationism. That rose to 47% in 1994, and it fell to 42% today. Uh, This is a quote here. It says, there is little indication of a sustained downward trend in the proportion of the U.S. population who hold a creationist view of human origins. That's according to Gallup. At the same time, the percentage of Americans who adhere to a strict secularist viewpoint that humans evolved over time with God having no part in this process has doubled since 1999. Meanwhile, the percentage of Americans who believe humans evolved over time, but with God's help, fell from 38% in 1982 to 31% today. So, Mike, according to uh, this this stat here, what we're seeing is a, a pretty stable amount of people that believe in creationism that God created only about 6,000 years ago. We're seeing, uh, actually, it looks like... a according to this, a downward trend in the amount of people that believe God used evolution. And we are seeing an increase in what looks like a secularist or agnostic viewpoint that humans evolved without God. Without God. And part of that is due to the standards they have in the public school system today. It's not in just a chapter. Evolution is taught everywhere throughout the book today in, in biology, you hear it in physics, and even in the elementary grades, they get a lot of that in there too. Mm. Yeah, with you have a book that says millions and millions of years ago, uh, dinosaurs, right? And uh, a lot of even parents, Christian parents, would just gloss over that, not even thinking about, oh, this is actually teaching something that's in contrary to a direct uh, understanding of uh, biblical history. Right. In churches, we tend to live too often with contradictions. Mm. And what they need to understand is God's word is the authority, and science is not the problem. It's people's interpretation of the scientific evidence because we're all looking at the same bones, the same rocks. We come to a different understanding based on our starting point. And this is one of the things you teach worldview. Yeah. My worldview as a Christian is this, God does exist and his word is true. Mm. And that's my starting point in everything. The evolutionists teach that all that exists is mass and energy. They've got to explain everything in terms of naturalism, mm-hmm. materialism. It yeah, can't the, be the, done. the whole universe coming into existence from nothing. Right. It can't be done. 
Yeah, uh, the the life coming from non-life. It's a, there's actually a law that says that can't happen. Exactly, uh, a consciousness coming from unconscious chemical elements, right? All that kind of stuff. So, uh, tell us a little bit more about your um, training here and what you're doing in August, and what can a what can a student expect? Uh, you know, college age and older, what can they expect when they go through this? What kind of, are, are you going to, and we, we can only cover so much here in this 15 minutes, but what are they going to cover um, as they're, and how long are they there with you at the, the training institute? This is full five days. We start Monday evening and we finish Saturday morning about noon. And I'd say, don't come for entertainment. The only entertainment you get there is at night when you're dreaming. <laughs> this is a serious course. We're there to make Christian education the best education in the world. You will come again 10 hours a day in class. You'll be studying at night. Uh, what is the co- Let's just get down to the bottom. What does this cost per student? Yeah. It's $540 per student. What do you get for that? Well, you get the five full days of training. You get a 300-page plus manual. You get three good meals a day, healthy meals. Then you get lodging, private room, private bath. Just the lodging alone is almost five hundred dollars. Mm. We supplement this whole thing by twenty eight thousand dollars out of our own ministry to keep the price at four hundred five hundred forty. When you come, be prepared. When you're done, over half let's put it there, over half of our students are now out there teaching creation and apologetics in their churches, and even some of them are traveling around the country now and around the world teaching this subject. We will prepare you to teach this subject, creation evolution. We'll teach you all about what the Bible teaches in biblical creation and how to refute what we call compromising God's word. The gap theory, millions of years, it doesn't fit into the Bible anywhere. Uh, how to refute, uh, it's just poetry. How to refute, let's say, 2 Peter 3, a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is the day of the Lord. How to answer those challenges against God's word. Yeah. And people taking it out of context. We will show you the scientific evidence that clearly supports the Bible and refutes evolutionists. We'll talk to you about the sanctity of human life, how to prepare you, especially youth pastors. We'd love to get there. So you can go back and start teaching your students how to refute abortion. We talk about marriage between one man and one woman and what, where that comes from Mm. and how to refute those type of statements there about same sex marriage. So we train you in all these different areas. We train you on what we call presuppositional apologetics, evidence for the existence of God. Show me any evidence. We've got overwhelming evidence. Yeah. How to answer one of the deepest questions we have. How can you call God good when he allows evil to continue? We will even show you there that the atheist cannot even legitimately bring that question up. Mm-hmm. But we show you how to answer that in such a manner as the evolutionist doesn't have a leg to stand on. And only the Bible has the real answer. Those are the kind of things we're going to teach you. The worldwide flood. We'll teach you the scientific evidence. And you know what? You don't have to be a scientist to come to this. We will explain it in good layman's terms. That's great. Now, how many spots are open for for uh, people who want to get involved with this? Well, we're, we're about, uh, what, four or five months away. We have about 30 spots open right now. Okay. So the best way to go is to our website, or you can contact us directly by email. And I'll give my email. I-N-F-O, info at creationtraining.org. That's info, I-N-F-O, at creationtraining.org. That'll come directly to me. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I love what you're doing, Mike. And I, I feel like it's such a gigantic need in our culture today. And uh, hope, hopefully we can change some of these statistics I've been quoting. Um, I just see this as such a big, big issue. And especially in the churches today that, you know, a lot of the churches have not been prepared to be able to deal with these uh, the the culture has has become very um, antagonistic to uh, the Bible, and uh, you know you you go on the internet and there's all these uh, hostile websites and hostile emails about uh, the Bible and God, and so your ministry is uh, set up to be able to deal with these issues. We're in a real war right now. Yeah, and this country's been in a lot of physical wars, and we survived them, not without great damage. Mm-hmm. But we survived them, but now we're in the greatest war this country's ever been in. It's not a war being fought with guns and bombs. It's a war of worldviews, values. That's what it's about. Yeah, and, and that and those values trickle down into everything, into our politics, into our culture, into our laws, everything. And whoever owns the education system owns the next generation of leaders in this country. Abraham Lincoln even made that kind of a statement. Yeah. So we need to get ourselves trained. We have all the tools. There are certain methods we know that if they're used, will tend towards victory. Yeah. But if they're not used, will tend towards defeat. We have all the tools. God's given us everything. Let's get in the battle. Well, my guest, my guest today is Mike Riddle, and he is a, a warrior, uh, spiritually and physically. He was a Marine, and um, and today he's taken his training and he's put it towards the truth of the Bible. And he's, uh, you know, his training camp. If you don't perform, man, you'll be doing push-ups. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but but friendly push-ups, right? So. Uh, he's here to support you and get you going. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for the same thing. That's what my whole ministry is about. Educateforlife.org. Uh, we exist to do that same thing and I'm here to support him. And I know he's here to support me also. And so I hope this show has been a blessing to you. His website is creationtraining.org. And, uh, he's got all kinds of articles and videos on his website. Uh, lots of resources that people can get help, even if they aren't a part of your, uh, training, right? Yeah, we have over 80 30-minute videos on our website for free. That's Interviews great. Interviews with scientists. Uh, we even had three professional football players on there, Christians. That's awesome. Very cool. So um, we'll be back again next week, every Saturday, 2 to 3 p.m. on kprz.com. You're on 1210 AM K-Praise. This is Kevin Conover. I'm your host, and I'm signing out here, moving on. My website is educateforlife.org. If the show is a blessing to you, you can pick up a recording on my website. We'll be back next week. I hope to, he- hope to have you listening in. God bless you. Have a great day. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. your tired and bring your shame bring your guilt and bring your pain don't you know that's not your name you will always be much more to me and every day i wrestle with the voices that keep telling me i'm not right but that's all